I tell you what, I, I love, I love the fact that God is a loving God. Some people think he's just an angry God. You ever met someone like that? Some people just think God is like so ticked off and he's getting ready to blow. Some people see God like that. A.W. A. Tozer said the most important thing in the world is what you think about when you think about God. What you believe about when you believe or begin to think about God. How do you see God? How do you see God? What a great question. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will just, just uh, put something in there that people need. And so if that's you today, I hope that you walk out of here today with your head held high. No matter what you've done, that his love and his grace and his mercy is greater than all our sin and all our shame. And I just want to proclaim that today. That's the good news, the good news of Jesus, the gospel. Well, we're going to finish a series today. We're going to finish this series called Willing. We've been talking about that God looks for people that are willing. He wants to use people that are willing. And if you're here and you're a young person or you're here and you're an old person, the truth is if you're still breathing, you have an opportunity to be willing to make a difference. And the enemy doesn't want any of us to be willing. In fact, the enemy knows that if he can kill the baby, he doesn't have to worry about the man. So if he could take out Jesus when he was a baby, remember the story? If he could take out Moses, remember the story? If he can kill the baby, he doesn't have to worry about the man because the man's stronger than the baby. And, and so for many of you, what I'm talking about is you've given your life to Christ. You're a new creation, and that's the good news. But it's kind of like buying a house. All of a sudden, you've got mail. And when you give your life to Jesus, the enemy begins to send mail, and, and he sends mail through your thoughts. And he sends thoughts after thoughts after thoughts. And, and one of his most um, destructive thoughts he sends our way is that God could never that God doesn't really love us and God could never use us. And so if you're struggling believing that God could use you, it's because you might be struggling believing that he could forgive you. If you're struggling believing that God could use you, it's because the truth is at the core, at the root, you're believing that God couldn't forgive you. When you remember when you did that, you haven't forgiven you. How could God? And God walks into our past and he declares that our past doesn't have to last, that we can be forgiven. And he not only forgives, he forgets. I want to follow a God like that. I want to worship a God like that. And he wants you. He's looking for you. And he created you to do amazing things. In fact, you're his masterpiece. And he's planned for you to do amazing things. And, and some of us, some of us think, well, I could never really do something big with my life. And, and nothing could be further from the truth. Because all God needs is just someone that's willing. All God's, God needs is someone just to say, here am I. Send me. All, all Jesus needed was a boy's lunch. There were 20,000 people there. You remember the story? 5,000 men. He did it more than once. And all, all he needed was a lunch. What if mama wouldn't have been willing to pack the lunch? What if she would have said, no, you're fasting today, Charlie Brown? What if she's like, you asked me at the last minute? You can go out with your friends, go hear Jesus. I ain't packing your lunch. Get a fruit roll-up. Get a, uh, what are those, Lunchables. Grab a Lunchable. But mama was willing to pack his lunch. The boy was willing 
to give his lunch. The disciple was willing to bring it to Jesus and sound like an idiot. This is what we got. And Jesus isn't interested in how much you have. He's just interested in you. He's just looking for someone who's willing. And if, if you will be willing, then you'll experience the, the adventure, the roller coaster, the thrill of a lifetime. Because you will see God do through you things like I read about. Because Christ lives in me. Like this is no joke. Like this is how this is happening. It's Christ power in me. And if you do believe in Jesus. And if you are a Jesus follower. Then the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Is the same power that's in you. So. So. So stop thinking so small of yourself and realize all he needs is someone that's willing. Isaiah sees God high and lifted up. And no, 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 I could never. And God's like, come on, I want you. David, shepherd boy on the hills. All the, all the bros line up. All the bros. They bring the big guns. This guy's good looking. This guy's strong. This guy's a ladies man. This guy, they got it all, to, all together. All the brothers line up. And, and Samuel like, nope, 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 nope. God didn't pick you, didn't pick you, didn't pick you, you know. It was like the voice before the voice was ever around. And the voice was like, don't we have anyone else? Is this all you got? And the one guy, don't you know, the muscle head of the group was looking and he was flexing. He's trying to get maybe one more vein to pop out. And the other guy was trying to fix his hair. He got a fresh cut yesterday. Like, come on, what's wrong with this? Hello, right here. And, and they're all thinking, what's wrong with me? But what was wrong with them is they weren't willing like David was. So what, what promoted David was his willingness. He was just willing. He was willing. He was willing. We talked about it last week. Are you willing? Are you willing to say, God, here's my life? Or are you still living for yourself? Are you still trying to figure it out? Because what I want to tell you today is that God hardwired you, and no one knows you like God knows you. And no one knows what will really bring you joy and happiness and fulfillment than God. Don't you know when Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, don't you know that they were like, dang it, we screwed it up. But the enemy tricked them. And he told them, God's got something better for you. No, no, nothing could have been better than being in the garden of Eden where things were perfect. And they were perfect. And Satan still tries to do that today where he tries to lure us away. And God is looking for a few good men. And God is looking for a few good women. And God is looking. You know, he could have called thousands of disciples when he was there. He could have called thousands of disciples to follow him for three and a half years. He, he, he called 12. Twelve people. One of them betrayed him. And yet Jesus was even willing to die for him. Jesus was willing to forgive him. He was willing to hug him when he betrayed him. Willing. There's something about being willing that attracts God's attention. I was very thankful when my wife was willing to marry me. When she said yes, I didn't say, are you sure? I just took it. I was like, man, we can get married right now before she changed her mind. Like right now. Right? She was willing. Some of you are here today because your parents were willing to sacrifice for you. Some of you have really gone through it. And your family has no clue right now, mom and dad, how much you've sacrificed to get your family where they are today. And it was because of your willingness that they stand on your shoulders. Willingness is a beautiful thing. And God is looking for Jesus followers who are, here's the word, here's, here's what he's looking for, willing. Willing. 
Are you willing today? And Satan says, you can't do that. You can't, God can never use you. You don't have it. You're scared to talk in front of people. That was me. Imagine that. I, I, I'm not doing that. No way, Jose. No way. I'm, I'm going to run. Well, Joan and I can tell you that doesn't work. Are you willing today? Nothing greater than to be young and to be willing and to stay willing for God. Because what happens when we're willing is we find out how, oh, we find out how willing he is to use us, to live in us. And when Christ lives in us, we change the world. It's not a little cute phrase we say that, that we are a community of Jesus followers who together are an unstoppable force for good, driven to change the world, driven to change the world. Steph and I were on vacation. We were in North Carolina. We were ministering to pastors and missionaries' children this week. When I say children, kids, students, teenagers, Middle school and high schoolers. And it was cool. We have a heart for students. We love students. We love the crew. I was repping my shirt like you guys are repping today, Brent, the crew. I love young people. And I want to tell you this. Before God ever did a work anywhere, you study it. You do the history. You do the research. Before God ever did a work, you know what happened? Before God ever moved in a country, he moved with young people. And we were there. We went out to eat North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, sat down to eat. I'm wearing my Tennessee shirt um, because Jesus was a volunteer. And so I'm wearing my shirt. I'm wearing my momentum hat. I'm wearing it backwards like a man and rocking it a little tilted to the side. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting barbecue sauce all over me. We're throwing down North Carolina-style incredible ribs, and we're eating it. And right behind me, someone says, get out of here. Pastor Tim from Momentum Church. And there was a college student, two of them, that went to a Christian college in town. They got in trouble for coming to this church. But they're free. They're free. They're not in legalism anymore. And they live in North Carolina, and they love Jesus. And so we can change the world. And it happens in North Carolina, and it happens over across the seas. And those guys are in love with Jesus and said, man, thank you. Man, we love momentum. We love our church. And so we want you to know, even though we don't live there anymore, that like we love momentum. However we can serve, how, whatever we can give, you let us know. Because momentum is an awesome church. That's what happened. That's what went down two nights ago. Why? Because you were willing to love them. Are you with me? Someone say, I'm willing. Here we go. If you're willing, stand up. Peer pressure. If someone's sitting down, we don't shame here. Just pick them up. Say, come on, I'll carry you. Hop on my back. I do CrossFit. I don't do CrossFit. Nate does CrossFit. Nate embarrassed me doing CrossFit. Only did it once. Only needed to do it once. You healed me. The ladies were out working me. I was on the floor. That was a bad day. Are you willing? Then say, I'm willing. Turn to someone say, I'm willing. I'm willing. All right, now watch, 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 watch. Now tell it to Jesus. Now tell him you're willing today. Because if that's all that happens today, that's all that needs to happen. It's for people to say yes to him. All right, now watch this. Have a seat. Thank you. Here's what happens when we're willing. When we're willing, God is willing. Say it with me. When we are willing, God is willing. When we are willing, God is willing. Say it again. When we are willing, God is willing. Now, he was willing before we were willing, but when we are willing, we really see how willing he really is. 
and he's willing to build a great church. And so how do we build a great church? We build on the word of God. We build on the presence of God. And, and so as a church, we've said there are 12 things that, that these 12 things are, are really going to define us. And, and you as a business owner, you, you, you know this as a, as a Christian and a business owner, you, you believe the Bible and you are value-based. And, and where did you get the values? From the Bible, right? But you may have highlighted some for your company. So we have highlighted some for the church. And I want you, we've been talking about it. We're going to review all of them in just a minute. But I want to introduce you to three more. We'll review and that's the end of the talk today, except for the invitation. I'm thinking someone needs to give their life to Jesus today. That's what I'm thinking. Number nine, look at it. Here we go. We believe in the power of community. You know why? Because life is better together. In, in August, in August, I'm not going to preach on community groups. I'm, I'm scratching that. We plan that. I'm not going to do it. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to preach community all year long. How's that? Just all year long, get to preach it. Because that's what Jesus was about. That's what Jesus was about. He was about community. He chose 12. And out of the 12, he chose three to be in his inner circle. He was about community. See, if you do life alone, you become lonely. When you become lonely, you become isolated. When you become isolated, you become defeated. Satan loves to pounce when you're alone. You know that. He wants you, just like God wants you. And there's a battle. Think of every movie you ever watch. Every movie, there's a central theme. There's like good and there's evil. And still true to this day, the battle is in the heavenlies for you. Are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to follow him? Because you can't be both. And if you're willing to follow Jesus, then Jesus is like, man, just do what I do. Like I walked on the earth. For three and a half years, and I did life with these guys, and I laughed with these guys, and I cried with these guys, and I died for these guys. I know about Matthew. I, I know Matthew's got gas. He might have said. I, I don't know. But Jesus was so intimate with these guys. He'd say, Peter, his breath is a little rough because he likes fish. And he, he you know, and, 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 and Matthew over here. And there were things about people in the group that weren't perfect. And it so amazes me that, that Christians... Sometimes just resist to be like Jesus in this area. And so we want to raise up. We did it. This is the first thing. One of the first things I talked about when we started Momentum. We planted a flag. We staked it in the ground. And we said we will be a community. We're not church. We're not just a church. Church means gathering, which is phenomenal. We, this is a, that's why we call it gathering. We're a gathering. We are a family. We are a community. We're a community within a community that changes their community. So we believe in the power, the power of community. So that when you lose your job, there are people around you that care for you. My dad is coming on as the care pastor here. Y'all love Jeremy. We love him. Love Jeremy. Pastor Jimmy and I are flying out right after church. We're going out. We're going to see Jeremy tomorrow. We're going to pray with him. We're going to walk. We're going to do a prayer walk. We're going to claim even Hollywood for Jesus. And we're not the first on the scene. There are other people, big time Jesus followers, doing it in Hollywood. But we're going to pray and believe with Jeremy. But I love this, that when God sees someone who's willing, God also knows someone else who is willing. Moses, my servant, is dead, now Joshua. That's what the scripture said. Moses died and Joshua stepped up, batter's box, didn't skip a beat. You know, we're ready. 
we build the bench. And Christianity should be nothing more than a bench really deep of, of Jesus followers that are committed to community. Why? Because life's better together. When you have a baby, hello. There ought to be people there to celebrate. When you're going through a rough time and depression is taking over your life, you never had it before, and you're like, what in the world is this? There needs to be people around you that can be your anchor and remind you you're not in this alone. You may be facing hell, but you are not facing hell alone because no one stands alone because we are a community of Jesus followers who together are an unstoppable force for good, driven to change the world. And, and, and when you fall down, we will pick you up. And when you trip, we won't judge you or spit on you. We'll bring you back to your feet. And when you miss church for three months, we're not going to call and say, oh, just checking the record books. Looks like you, your church attendance sucks. Like, come on, what kind of, no, no, no. Like, we care. We care. We, we say circles are better than rows. You can come and listen to teaching. And you should. It's biblical. But they went house to house and they broke bread together and they knew each other and their strength in that. You know what I'm talking about? Because you've some of you have watched your families crumble. Maybe not your interior family, but your exterior. You've watched and you're like, man, the better days when we were just all together, when there wasn't condemnation, when there wasn't jealousy, when there wasn't they didn't win the. You know, come into all this money and then the strife. And then no, it was like, man, when we, we just were one. Remember the good old days? There's power in togetherness. And God says a church, as a church, like we don't just show up on Sundays. Like we do life together. And it's really fun. And loving Jesus might look like going to a movie together. That's spiritual. It's a word called fellowship. It's uh, like two fellas in a ship and, and they're together. And some of you got that. I'm so, so impressed. Did you laugh, Navarre? I couldn't hear. Did you laugh at that joke? I got more. I got jokes. I got jokes. Two guys in a ship saying, hey, we're going to row the same way. Like, why, why row opposite ways? That's no fun. And yet you experience that in your workplace. Some of you experience that in your marriage. And unfortunately, the church has experienced it, but we don't have to. And so we're not going to do that. We're going to do life together. We believe in the power of community. Listen to these verses. This is how it went down. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, 42 through 47. All the believers, say believers. Do we have any believers in the house today? Yeah. Give someone a fist bump. Say, I'm a believer. I learned something. I'm a better communicator today. I learned that when you have people repeat it, your message, they're believing in what you're saying. When they just hear you, they're hearing you speak, but you just preach my message, so you're going to believe it maybe quicker than me. So when you turn and fist bump, it's strategic. You're getting it. It's getting in you. All the believers devoted, I like that word. We need some devoted people in the house. Like yesterday, going down the road on I-95 south, and a boat came off a trailer. Right in front of us. I don't know if you saw the pics. The boat came off the trailer. And it could have been a 25 car pile up. 
But you know what? Instead of putting it on Instagram, which I thought about, I have to confess this before God. I thought about, like, holy cow, not the wreck. I'm not that cold. But just, like, afterwards, the boat, no one got hurt. Like, this is crazy. Wow, never seen this before. Instead of that, we got out of the vehicle, and a bunch of men came out, and we picked the big boat up. We put it back on the trailer and sent the young man on his way, not believing what had just happened. Like, like, like that devoted. Like, we're going to do this thing together. Like, yeah, you just had a major wreck. Thank God no one got hurt. You're not hurt. It is just the boat. The engine was up. The engine is good. That's good. And so because the engine was worth more than the boat for sure. And so we picked up the engine and the boat, put it on the trailer. And the guy was like, oh, my gosh, like in five minutes, my trailer was in the middle of I-95. It's on my trailer. This is my exit. Wow. Thank you. That's what the world sees. That's what the world says when we come together and are devoted to doing life together. Are you with me? I'm feeling some traction here. So they were devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. So they didn't just expect it at church. They actually did it in their homes to remember his death. And to prayer. Don't forget prayer. They were devoted to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the, say it again, what's the word? And all the believers met together. Together in one place and shared everything they had. Oh, you need some cherries? We got cherries. No problem. Okay, all right. So you need some flowers? Hey, no problem. Nothing better than a neighbor like that, right? Like when you don't have an egg and you need to make a cake or you're missing three eggs, you just go next door. Like our great neighbors sitting here on the second row, which is breaking my heart. They're moving to Texas, but great neighbors. And God's calling them to Texas, and they're willing to go. But that kind of neighbor, just willing. Yeah, hey, what do you need? They're willing to share. Like, like. One of our college students who called me yesterday, and actually I called her back, and um, in Orlando, just went there, doesn't have a good home life, and there's someone in the room right now that found out her need and just gave her the money. No questions asked, like, you need this, like, we know your character, you're part of our family, here's, here's a $150 check. That person's in the room today, just, just willing, just willing, just to share and I don't like to share. Do you like to share? I'll be honest. When it comes to ice cream, I hate to share. I'm really bad at that. I want the whole thing. And so a deep sense comes over them all. And the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders. Why? Because when we're willing, we see how willing he is. And all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their pro. Ooh, this gets a little weird. I'm not sure. Stop reading right there. Can we skip this verse? They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. Imagine a community like that. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And you know what America really wants is joy. We look for joy in everything. But you only find joy in Jesus. That was a hot point. All while they're praising God. They're praising God and they're enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Sometimes, do you have a hard time just trying to stand the people? These guys were enjoying the people. Imagine that. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We believe in the power of community. Number next, number 10. We can do more by doing less. 
when we started the church, we actually, on a vision cast, um, went to Golden Corral. Now, Golden Corral is my son's favorite restaurant because they got everything, especially desserts. Um, I, I tend to not, um, it's a great place to eat for Jaden. And, um, you know, I just say it that way. And, and if you're going there for lunch, I'm sorry. They, I bet they got great food. Um, I got to dig my way out of this. But it's just not my favorite restaurant, okay? And so, so Jaden loves it, though. He absolutely loves it. The thing about Golden Corral that we wanted to teach when we launched, that we're not Golden Corral, but we're Ruth Chris. We wanted our people to understand as they sat in the big room and we ate the food. You remember this, Josh. You remember this, Callie. We, everyone ate the food and we're like, okay, what, what's going on? And I got up and I said, and I totally ripped it from Stephen Furtick and Elevation Church, but it was good enough to rip. And so, Pastor Stephen, if you're watching this, that was awesome. Thank you. And we ripped it. And we just said, you know what? We are not Golden Corral. We're Ruth Chris. We're not going to have a ministry for like 50 billion ministries for everyone. And we got a chess club that meets on Thursday nights. And we're going to do a few things well. And when you, when you come and experience the gathering and the community, we want people to say that is so authentically awesome. There's nothing like it. And so people have come to this church and brought their church ideas with them. We're like, thanks, but no thanks. Like this is who we are. And like David of old that couldn't wear Saul's armor, we said thanks, but no thanks, but it doesn't fit. So we're going to stay simple. We got a slingshot. And we believe it can slay Goliaths. I'm getting a little excited here. I hope you're feeling it. And, and so we just decided we can do more by doing less. Because focus brings excellence. So we're going to stay focused. I'm trying to teach my daughter to stay focused. Focus, focus, Daniel, son, focus. Philippians 3, 13 through 16. Philippians, are we there? Philippians, here we go, let's read it. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. This is Paul, same guy we read earlier, right? Paul is saying this, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. For some of you, I apologize, Luke actually um, wrote Acts there. So Philippians, Paul speaking. And he says, I've not achieved it, but, but I focus on this one thing. We're seeing the power of one here. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Hey, message for you today. Forget your past. Yesterday ended last night. Don't bring it up. It's done. It's over. You can't change it. You can confess it. You can move on. You can forsake it, move on, but don't, don't marinate in your past. Paul said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and I receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Jesus calling. He's calling you and he's wondering if you're willing to pick up and answer his call. He's calling. Are we Willing. Paul said, I'm willing. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must, I love that word must, hold on to the progress we have already made. Forget all the things. I'm focusing on the thing. So we can do more by doing less as a church. I love this. 1 Corinthians 10.31. This speaks to excellence. Why? Because focus brings excellence. First Corinthians, Paul again said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, 
Do it all for the glory of God. If you lift weights, go in there and lift weights for God's glory. If you're trying to lose weight, do it for God's glory. If you're trying to succeed at work, do it for his glory. If you're on the field and you're trying to, trying to be the best player you can be or this summer you're training, do it for God's glory. You get a raise, you get a promotion, they finally <laughs> notice you, right? Celebrate it for God's glory. Be the best husband you can be for God's glory. We do it, and we can do more by doing less. So we don't do a ton of things here. Man, we're about the weekend, and we're about the week. Community, doing it together. Last one here, we don't maintain, we multiply. We do not maintain. We are not about maintaining. Listen, I see empty seats here, and I get real passionate about this. And this is a good crowd. You know what? But it could be a better crowd. It could be a best crowd. A best crowd is when a standing room only. And you know how we get there? The answer's in the house. Us. We do that by bringing people who need Jesus. Jesus said it like this. Follow me. I'll make you a fisherman. Now, if someone came to me and said, Tim, I heard you're getting into fishing. You want to learn? Follow me. I'm going to make you a Mac Daddy fisherman. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. Okay? You're going to be an angler like no angler. Follow me. I'm going to show you the ropes. I would do that. Jesus said a long time ago, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to catch men and women alive. That's what the Greek says. I'm going to teach you how to catch them alive because dead fish aren't that good. So Jesus is interested in catching live men and women, live people. And so if I'm a Jesus follower, then I'm doing what he's doing, and I'm catching men and women alive. And you know how he caught them? Through incredible radical grace. (laughs) Where, Where did all your accusers go? They're gone. I don't condemn you either. Go sin no more. You're forgiven. We have a message of hope, and there's nothing like when you and I and us and we are all willing to say, Lord, here am I. I'm willing, God. I'm willing to be a part of your plan. Because only there's only one plan A in the kingdom of God. That's the church. The church, God's people, speak Jesus because he's the hope of the world. And we need you to be willing. What if every seat here was packed today? You know why we started putting out extra seats? Because we wanted y'all to see some empty seats. Like, I see some empty seats right here in the middle. Like, what if you just got a burden for your neighbor? The one you like. What if you got a burden for your neighbor, the one you don't know? Next door. What if you got a burden for your friend across the cubicle? What if you really began to believe That people really need Jesus. That Jesus is the only answer to all the problems. Did I say that correctly? I think I did. That Jesus is the only answer to all life's problems. So I've got a friend and you're wrestling with this. You're you're alcoholic. Jesus is the answer. Jesus can help you. Come on. Let me love you. Let me carry you if, if need be. So you got a problem with anxiety? You got a de- problem with depression? You got a problem? You're addicted to drugs, medic- medication, and pain pills. And you're over here and you're a drug addict, or you're over here and you're just a bad liar. And you're over here and you got a problem with with stealing. And you're over here and you're just a negative person. Like all those problems are solved at the name of Jesus. And when we bring people to Jesus, Jesus changes them. We don't got to change them. Just go get around some people that need Jesus. And then just realize that Jesus is in you. 
And if you'll be willing to do that, you know what happened? What Jesus said will come true with or without you, with or without me. And he said, I will build my church. And not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. Now, do you want to get in the game or you just want to sit there and get to heaven and be like, I missed it. I missed it. How did I miss it? Only one life will soon be passed. You ever hear that? Only doing and living for Christ will last. So I'm calling you today to a radical entrance to realize that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And Jesus changes this community through us because he lives in us. Can we pass out some magnets? I'm going to close. Can we pass out some magnets real quick? I want to review with y'all real quick. We got a magnet. Any of you put, are you like us? Do you put pictures on the fridge? And you put pictures and things important, your kids' um, drawings, all 30 of them. You like me? You put them on the fridge. Any of you said, well, we used to have them on the front. Now we moved them to the side. I came home one day, all our pictures, everything was gone. It was a clean front fridge. I was like, where did it go? I kind of like the chaos. It's on the side. And I stand on the side. I remember them. I remember them. Well, the great thing about magnets is you, these are thick magnets, too. We, we um, believe in excellence, so we didn't get, like, the cheap magnets. You know what I'm talking about? You get the magnet, and then you put one little thing up there, and it goes, doesn't even hold it. Yeah, pet peeve of mine. I said, Matt, get the thick ones. So Matt got the thick magnets. You're good for about 20 pictures on this puppy. <laughs> Pretty sure. I want us to stand. I want to read together. We'll have an invitation and get out. Would you stand with me, please? Would you stand with me, Navarre? Blackwater, would you stand with me? We're going to read the code together. I want you... I'll read the first part, then I want you to read the second part. Can we do that together? So I'll read the first part, and then you read the because, the why. All right, here we go. It's all about Jesus. We know some things only come by prayer and fasting. We are a generation of honor. We are contributors, not consumers. We lead the way in irrational generosity. We believe that invites matter. I had this in my car, went to Starbucks this morning, totally invited Luke. Said, Luke, you got to come. Man, July 10th, going to be crazy, going to be crazy, man. We're going to pick some Hollywood flicks. And we're going to pull out some biblical truth, man. You got to come, dude. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. That's how you do it. It's that simple. Starbucks, wherever. Take it in a gas station. Get your oil chain. Invite people. You're going to hear more about it in just a minute. We do believe invite matters. One more time. Okay, now let's, now let's read it like we're excited. We're not thinking about what time it is. That was like K5. Okay, class. We're going to read this together. All right, here we go. Ready? We believe invite matters. I like that. We believe, or excuse me, we value the power of community. We can do more by doing less. 
We don't maintain, we multiply. We bring the weather. We want to be known. We want to be known for what we are. Time out. Anyone watching all the news and the election and everyone against us, against us? No, no. We'll be known. We want to be known for what we are for, not for what we're against. Ready? So we want to be known for what we are for. And last week, we will not take this for granted. Awesome. Man, if you're going to get in the game, I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about getting on a serve team. Like, that should just happen. Like, everyone here, like the little red hen, everyone in the house helps. Like, that's the deal, right? And so, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about getting in the game of the kingdom. I'm talking about caring about what God cares about. That's what I'm talking about. So if you're here and say, Tim, I'm going to get in the game. Maybe you're going to say, hey, I'm going to up my game. Would you raise your hand? Raise your hand if that's you. Raise it. If it's you, Jesus, you see the hands, now hold them to it. <laughs> God, I pray, I pray you would hold us to it. Thank you, Lord, that you don't kick us when we're down. You encourage us, you strengthen us, and you help us. Thank you, God, that you are willing. Thank you that you are looking for us to be willing. Thank you, God, that this church is going to explode, and we're going to see hundreds, and we're going to see thousands, and we're going to see more campuses, and we're going to see more people's lives radically change because Jesus changes lives radically. Thank you, Jesus. And with you standing today, if you don't know that God loves you, if you don't know that Christ died for you, I want to read this. I want to tell you this real quick. I want you to listen with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to tell you that sin demands death. That's what sin demands. Sin has a voice. And the voice of sin demands death. That's bad news. So here's the good news. Jesus died. The innocent had to die for the guilty. For the guilty to be brought back to life. Scripture tells us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to this. And then I'm going to invite you to put your trust in Jesus today. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. And he died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for Excuse me. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, that's Jesus, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. When Adam sinned, sin entered in the world, and Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone's sin. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ, one act of righteousness, brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, 
many will be made right with God. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 5. If you don't know him today, would you just trust him? Would you give your life to him today with heads bowed and eyes closed? I'm going to lead in what's called the sinner's prayer. And it's as simple as you confessing your sin and receiving his grace. It's real simple. Don't, if you miss a word, don't get all worked up. You're not going through me. You're going through Jesus today. You're just talking to him. Church, let's pray it together. Let's pray it out loud. Dear God, I confess I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I don't understand everything about you. A lot of questions, a lot of doubts. But today, I feel your love, and I say yes. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again for me because you love me. I receive it. Your life for my life. I accept your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you did that, I'm going to need you to raise your hand up real high on the count of three. We want to celebrate. There's already a hand in the air. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. On the count of three, I want you to raise it. We're going to sell it. There's two hands. There's three hands. We ain't counted one yet, church. Would you raise it up to God be the glory? On the count of three, one, two, three. Hold it up high. I see a hand over here. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see another hand back there and a hand back there. Praise God. Come on, church. Let's celebrate it.